You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hi guys, this is the Queen of Queens Massage talking and I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio. My darlings, and welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court Wrestling Real World Reunion right here on Brain Buster Radio. As you guys can hear, I don't really feel too good today, but I wanted to get this introduction in a little, little something something before the episode begins. I have um, this unprecedented social experiment. The idea came from wealth. And I decided how I kind of wanted to run this wrestling real world experiment. Essentially, we had seven strangers audition, quote unquote, on a Twitter post to become a member of season one of the cast of Wrestling Real World, in which they would enter into a week long DM with these, (laughs) these strangers that I picked and essentially the tagline, for those of you who don't know, The Real World was a show on MTV. And the tagline was, you know, seven strangers picked to live in a house um, and some other stuff. And then it says, you know, to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. So the tagline for Wrestling Real World, um, also fun fact, by the way, The Miz (laughs) was on The Real World uh, back in the day. So our tagline for Wrestling Real World was seven wrestle tweeters picked to live in a group DM to find out what happens when people stop tweeting for likes and start getting real. So the seven people that I chose were Chris at Black Baymax or Black underscore Baymax eight. Uh, He, of course, is the amazing graphic designer guy that I'm sure you've seen around his awesome work. So much fun. He's really cool. Um, And then I've picked Mike B. Bebe, uh, Mike Baker, who is at Mike B. Bebe on Twitter. The next participant was Shane, the Dog Pound Incorporated on Twitter. Jay. EO underscore Diablo on Twitter. Bro Rogan from Paradigm Pro Wrestling at Bro Rogan PPW. Mr. Ozzy Lucian on Twitter, uh, BJ, who is the host of Mining for Mayhem podcast and writes Ozzy Lucian blogs. And also to round that out, Mr. Metal underscore 2006 Darth Vapor on Twitter. And these were my seven guys. Myself and Wilf were in there to, you know, just kind of participate every now and then and moderate and stuff like that. So it was a very interesting seven days. We covered a lot of topics. And Mike B, baby, and Mr. BJ from Aussie Lucian Blogs and Podcasts, Mining for Mayhem, joins me in this reunion episode to kind of break down our favorite moments from the DM, what they thought about it, what I thought about it. And it just was really cool. 
it was a very cool, fun, different experiment with some surprising results. So without further ado, I'm going to stop talking and let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Strap in, babies. It's about to get real when we hold court with the wrestling real world cast of season one. This is a public service announcement. When you uh, address the queen, you have a bow or curtsy. Thank you for listening. And this is Mags from the Badlands podcast, available only on Brainbuster Radio. All right, everyone, welcome back from that quick commercial break. And it's time for the reunion show of season one of A Wrestling Real World. I'm not alone. You can't have a reunion show unless you have members of the cast, right? So as I mentioned in the intro of this episode, I have two gentlemen here, two fine gentlemen who were a part of the season one of Wrestling Real Real World. That's a tongue twister sometimes, y'all. And I, of course, have Mr. Mike B. Bebe. And I have Ozzy from Ozzy Lucian Blogs and Podcasts. So, firstly, Mike, how are you? I am doing well, Your Majesty. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm so glad to have you back on Queen's Court. So, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure as always. <laughs> and of course, Ozzy, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for waking up early. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you, uh, you know, very much for doing that and uh, making your appearance on Queen's Court for the first time. I'm really excited. I'm so honored. (laughs) Well, it's my pleasure. So, It's time to really delve into this story, you guys. We haven't really told very much of anything about it. That's why we're having this reunion show. Uh, You know, really, the public only knows certain things about it. You know, I put out that tweet a couple weeks ago now calling for an audition, so to speak, of uh, people who wanted to be involved in this kind of unprecedented social experiment so the full the full cast, if you will, was of course these two fine gentlemen here, along with Mr. Bro Rogan from Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Uh, he's one half of the commentary team over there. We had Mr. Chris from North Carolina, which is uh, our fabulous, wonderful graphic man extraordinaire. <laughs> People, I'm sure know him. Uh, then we have, of course, Mr. Metal himself, the resident smart to death troll. He joined. And we also had Shane, the big dog. He is a pro sim racer. We had Mr. JTU, which is uh, a big, big wrestling fan, uh, follower of Queen's Court and a couple other things. He joined. And then there was myself and Wilf kind of in the shadows in the background (laughs) hanging out uh in this chat so basically the the concept okay for this came from wilf uh in our brain buster dm we started talking about different ideas and things that we could do for our shows and wilf said you know i think this would be something that's really cool like a real world concept now of course the real world for for those who may not know what the show is or was 
Um, it is essentially seven complete strangers who move in together into a house. They don't, you know, know each other at all. MTV uh, is where it was. And, and I guess it's coming back this year, which is kind of apropos given what we've done here. Um, but it's they come together in the house and they spend some time together and they have to kind of deal with brand new personalities and brand new everything. Um, and they document that experience and what happens, as they said, when people stop being polite and start getting real. So as I mentioned in the intro, for us, it was not a house <laughs> and we aren't moving states, but it was a group DM, right? To find out when people start tweeting, uh, stop tweeting for likes and start getting real. So this idea of putting seven strangers that, you know, we may have interacted a little bit in the Twitter sphere before, but really what's going to happen if I throw seven random people on a DM and we just talk about wrestling and life and whatever happens. So when I put this audition out, I'll start with Mr. Ozzy over here. When I put this audition out, what made you be like, yo, I'm I'm going to do this or I want in on this? It essentially said social experiment. Who wants to be a part of it? And I thought, you know, what the hell? Why not? Let's have some fun. <laughs> so you were in for the whole social experiment part that kind of drew you into the whole yeah. thing. I looked for I kind of figured they want different personalities, different sorts of people. And I thought, well, that's me to a nutshell. Sure. And you are our only international member of season one. <laughs> yeah. So every time I'm going to bed or getting home from work late at night, you guys are just waking up in the morning, just before yep. midnight. And then when I'm waking up in the morning, it's like late afternoon, and by the assuming I get up early, which was usually around 6 a.m., it's about late afternoon. By the time it hit about 9 a.m., everyone in the States is going to bed. Yeah, so that made things a little different for you, for your experience, which we'll definitely dive into a little bit later. But, Mike, what about you? What made you give me that sweet audition? And can you talk a little bit about your audition? Because it was very special. <laughs> special she says <laughs> it's true well i like to be in unique situations i think it's fun to put yourself even though it's just dm you're you're, you're still kind of uncomfortable because there's that awkward stuff but i figured this would be fun because we already had something in common and you know I figured, hey, it could be fun. It could be interesting to get a bunch of different perspectives and see how people view different things. In the audition, the audition was just ridiculous. I was just like, you know what? I am going to be over the top. And, you know, someone did a Macho Man impersonation. I was like, hmm, I will have to upgrade and see if I can surpass that. So I had a few options and I put on the old Matt Hardy shirt and inspiration hit. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Wilf was dying when he saw that. We just c couldn't be more happy with all of you guys's like put in for like yes, like we're in, we want to do it. But then you, you hit us with this video, and I I couldn't like take it. I was laughing so hard. I'm not at you, of course, but with you. And oh, uh, I was laughing at me. Were you? Oh, well, I was. I've never laugh at you, but <laughs> I definitely laughed at your impression. It was great. Um. So when I 
kind of gave y'all the skinny and like what was going to happen right with this dm we're going to participate in a week-long scenario these random people so the dm gets started what were your initial thoughts about what would happen like what were your i want to say predictions but at least like maybe what you thought may happen or did you have any expectations so bj what about you uh i like the way it was put to me because like i've never seen the real world mtv is um very it's not free tv here you have to pay to get it where and then you have to have a box installed where your free tv is just on air you plug your tv into the wall and you get it but anyway so the way um this was described to me was you're getting seven different personalities going in a house when people stop being going out there for likes and it gets real and i'm just like this could end up quite chaotic and i'm just <laughs> like there's going to be so many personalities clashing and there's going to be arguments left right and center essentially like obviously without the physical cat fights because it's in twitter not an actual house i thought i'm really going to enjoy this i'm going to be the one that's just gonna throw that bait out there and just wait for it to start sit back and watch it all unfold but it was really good we there were a lot of debates but we were all very friendly about it and we're all it was almost like being at work we didn't argue but we had a friendly debate and we were very professional voiced our opinions and the range of topics we covered was even better like they weren't basic topics either they were topics that had the chance to be controversial but it was really good to see that we could all act mature and act like adults in there yeah i that's interesting that that you say that because you know for me when I was deciding to to do this and I agreed to take Wolf's idea and kind of make it what I thought I'd want to do with it for Queen's Court, because, you know, the whole point of my show is to to hold court on a topic, right? To see what happens when one or two people have a conversation about X, whatever that is. Um, so this was like a bigger scale version of that. And for me, I was like, oh, shoot, like, I know most of these people. So, like, I kind of knew personality-wise, right, how it might go. <laughs> but yeah. for me, so for me, it was a little different. But also, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know who's going to say what, how far we're going to dive into things. So that definitely gave, a, a like, a different vibe as soon as y'all started, you know, y'all just went by yourselves. I didn't really have to do very much. So I had been like prepared to like come up with topics and, you know, kind of guide conversation and facilitate. I didn't have to really do that at all. <laughs> so that was really surprising for me. What about you, Mike? What did you think when, you know, you, you were preparing to enter in this DM and then once the DM started expectations, predictions, and then how did reality, you know, turn out for you? I was looking for that one person who's going to be the crap starter. And I was going to be like, ooh, I want to play with that. I want to play. Ooh, ooh, let's play. Let's play. Because that was <laughs> for me, the real world. I used to love that one person because they would always cast that one person who was just the crap starter. Mm -hmm. 
and he would just he or she would just go in there and cause ruckus. But it was I tried. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did, you did. I mean, I, I there was a couple of times I thought I was going to get an entire continent chased after me, but you know what? It's okay. I, I survived. <laughs> yeah. I- I was thinking the same thing. I thought, oh, yeah, these Americans are going to come after me with these questions I'm asking. <laughs> but honestly, I think some of the best interactions, I'm kind of glad you're on here is because I think me and Aussie had some really good interactions. We had some really good conversations about some very, very real life topics. From I mean, Wrestling was, was the, the groundwork for everything, but we went on all kinds of rabbit holes and i was i was there i was like let's go yeah Yeah. i mean the both of you were very committed to that i can definitely speak from that just from watching right and observing that was what i was supposed to do and participating of course but you know y'all two were very willing to go there and that's what that group needs you know what i mean when you have a show like that and written on the real world on tv you're right mike they always have someone who's gonna stir the pot they have a quiet one they have a like a like a sheltered one, you know, they have like all these different quote unquote roles that they play. Right. So it was very interesting to see who was going to do what and how how it all would pan out, because let's be honest, it's strangers. It's the Internet. It's Twitter. Shit can get very real very fast and it could be offensive. It could be hurtful. It could be all sorts of things. But you're collectively as the season one cast I felt was very willing to just put themselves out there some more than others to really have an honest week-long conversation over many topics and Mike brings up a great point how some of them were very real very very real day four shit hit the fan like people started to open up and talk about things and I don't mean shit hit the fan like in a bad way I just mean we got real life to your point yeah you know so for you guys, what were some of the kind of highlights of this seven-day-long conversation that you can remember that you can pull out? BJ, we'll start with you. So without dropping the complete bombshell, I'll let you you two do that because that was your story where um, Mike called Wilt that certain name and that led <laughs> to us all fantasy sitting in this fantasy spa drinking alcohol watching this wrestling match and then suddenly <laughs> Wilf's gonna throw a bottle of his piss and then they're like who's gonna ref it and I'm just like oh I'll do it suddenly they're like well you've got courage I'm like yeah I've got the biggest balls going and that that just led to a whole whole lot of people <laughs> memes and then suddenly we're doing um diced up meat going it's pepper pig in a puzzle and it was just pig meme after pig meme and gifts and oh my god i the amount of times queen that you put up that um gif of like yourself taking a drink and just spitting out your drink out of complete <laughs> shock was just hilarious but yes <laughs> i live by myself so i'm glad no one could hear me because i was truly LOLing. I was laughing so loud. I was like, okay, shut up now. It's 2 a.m. I don't need to wake the neighbors. 
<laughs> it was really funny. Um, let's segue into that story because now we got to provide some context because the listeners are like, wait, pee? What? What's happening? Pig balls? What's happening? So, Mike, why don't you tell the story there and take credit for that tweet I put out? So I put out some uh, a tweet on day six because I was rolling laughing. I couldn't take it. So, Mike, tell us all about it. <laughs> well, your cohort, a.k.a. Sir Wilf, would pop his head in every once in a while to try, try and cause a little ruckus and say a little something, something. And I would say something like, oh, look, a wild wolf has been spotted. And I remember I, I said something that, that he called me, uh, call, called me a, a son bitch. And I was like, oh. And then we kind of moved it on. He started talking about how we were going to fight, and he ripped his pants off, yeah. metaphorically. And then I just couldn't help it. I said, well, we'll, we'll pump the brakes there, Taiichi. And it got quiet for, like, nobody said anything. And all of a sudden, Queen's just dying. I know she is because <laughs> huge capital letters. And I'm pretty sure everyone else who, who knows Wilf or who understood the reference were probably laughing, too, because... Wolf don't like him, no, Taich. No. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And Wolf, I'm going, oh, here we go. <laughs> Wolf absolutely despises Taichi. And more than likely, when he read that, if I know him, he probably called me a son of a bitch and was laughing his head off. Oh, I'm sure he was. I have no doubt. It just was so funny because what followed basically was <laughs> challenging a, a downward fight. spiral into madness and 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 people volunteering to officiate matches where urine was being thrown it was basically like a joey ryan show yeah <laughs> how you would imagine a joey ryan book show it was crazy it was and and that is a testament to we're we're at day six we're we're generally i feel like pretty comfortable wouldn't you say by by then yeah we're all talking as if we were actually in the house and it's like oh someone go grab the beers and grab the pizzas and someone move the big plasma screen outside to the spa and then we're like what if we had a spa just filled with alcohol yeah and then i think it was um last tuesday for oh no last wednesday for me when i was at work or just about to go to work and it's Tuesday night, so we're all watching SmackDown on my way to work. I felt so isolated. I'm like, where's Josh? I need Josh. Big <laughs> shout out to Josh from Wrestling Reverb. Because it's like, come on, Iconics, you can do this. And all I'm seeing is boo the Iconics. I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, no. And then it came to mid... It came to... um. 11.30, so the... Actually, no, it was Raw, wasn't it? That's why I'm so confused. So, yeah. It Tuesday. is Raw, yeah. Tuesday so for you. Tuesday, Tuesday here, um, Monday there. It just hit midday, so I've had to clock on and start work. So, And then the deliveries come, so I've gone out back to put this delivery away, and I've hid my phone down the back with Raw on, and as I'm putting this delivery away by myself, I keep looking back and I've walked into the cold room, put the chicken in, walked back out to grab the next crate. And all I see is the Iconics throwing this tantrum. I'm like, what? 
no. And I just stood. <laughs> I have legit seen all these hairs on my arms just stand up, and I've just put my hand on the back of my head, walked away, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I know. It was a hard moment for you. It was a hard moment for Josh. But that's how the fight started, because Wolf said there will be no iconic – uh, hatred, basically, going on in this thing. And Mike said, well, then kick me out. <laughs> it was great. So that the was a really fun so. moment. That's the right. That's right. It's just right. I can't. It's so funny. But, you know, <laughs> the to first... Me, oh, no, go ahead. To me, what was really, really interesting was, was the opinions about the female competitors in wrestling we really had a lot of varied opinions about that mm. i don't um, think we ever finished that roster off we had some killer rosters yeah we 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 we, we would have made money Ooh, we would have made money yeah i'm glad you brought that up because would have had money to pay for all them people but you know what we would have made it eventually sure yeah <laughs> But I'm glad you brought that up because this was one of the most interesting conversations that I feel like we had over these seven days. You know, the first couple of days, we were really just kind of getting to know one each other, feeling each other out as fans, feeling each other out as people. Uh, we talked about video games. We talked about, um, you know, who we like and who we don't like, who who essentially we feel is the best uh, wrestlers. Like, just so many different types of conversations about wrestling in general right how we feel about controversial wrestlers like there was talk about he who must not be named and Cass xl and we talked about all sorts of different i know i hate that guy all sorts of different um <laughs> things but the coolest for me was these rosters so essentially we, we did a couple different things right we built like so if we're going to start a wrestling promotion right we'll call it real world wrestling rww or brainbuster wrestling whatever wolf wants to do that's fine and uh who would we have as our roster and like how many people should we have and how many men and how many women what about tag teams and what are the belts that we should start with there was a lot of debate about not only who we'd want on our roster but how we'd start this promotion that we're going to start how many people we should have. Huge debates about tag teams. Oh, you know, I was ready to die on that me deal. Me too. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. So, Mike, what were some of the things that you took out of the roster building that we tried to do? And then I'll ask BJ the same thing. Well, for starters, whoever came up with that idea was brilliant. Uh-huh. You. <laughs> hey, <bae. laughs> I just wanted to see what if there would be some some general consensus whether there would be people in there who nobody else would want whether there would be people in there that everyone i mean and what shocked me was was the fact that people were like legitimately against the tag team stuff i was like what oh no 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 and i think it was interesting because they they were just absolutely against it and i was like i will die on this hill you will bury <laughs> me on this hill i even put that in there i yes, will die on this hill <laughs> you because did i mm -mm, you will not have a new promotion without a tag team division mm -mm, no 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 yeah you felt very passionately about that oh um, I, very I much ready. so and i i i 
went back and forth with someone about that for probably about 40, 50 messages. I'm like, we will, I will not back down <laughs> on this one. Yeah, we I got think them eventually. Because I remember there was an argument I was involved in, and we just had to agree to disagree because there was going to be no conclusion. Um, I think that was with with um you and um Jay, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Mike and Shane were having a big conversation about tag teams. We were we were debating. He wanted a TV champion, and I had demanded tag teams. And I think with you and Jay, I think was it about intergender or something? Oh, who knows? Oh, yeah. Whether it had to be realistic based off Seth Rollins' comments. Oh yeah, yes. uh, that oh, was. A we're gonna good... get to that. that <laughs> Don't was... worry. <laughs> I had popcorn <laughs> and soda pops because I'm like, oh, here we go. It's the, it's getting funky like a monkey. <laughs> I love that. I, I was there for it because it was interesting because you could see that the the actual that's the first time I think in the whole thing the actual age gap really reared its head as far as like jay's probably jay's been around he's been watching it for 40 plus years and uh, you know, i don't think bj's been watching it that long but bj was just as passionate and just as informed as jay was and it was like back and forth I'm like oh yeah and i've been in it since 2002 so i've got a little experience well that's plenty i mean but but it, to me it was really interesting that that was the the very very that and the tag team once i think was the one time we really was like defined differences between two people and neither one of them was and going nowhere yeah that's for sure so about the the roster thing we didn't end up getting to finish it but bj i was very curious as to your thoughts about the the huge difference, I feel like, in who people wanted. Did you notice that? Um, I did, especially in the women's divisions. Yeah. And it's not because we all had different opinions, but it's because there's so much, especially in the women's division, there's so much of a wide variety of talent that there's so many choices to pick from. Mm-hmm. And like I'd pick my five and then someone would pick a totally different five. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. You've got such and such. Like, and then someone would pick another totally different five, and you'd see a little bit of similarities. Like you might have one or two the same, but the amount of amazing female talent is why is pure the sole reason why there was so many different varieties and no one person had the exact same. Yeah, I found that really interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a testament to the the women's divisions around the world, uh, for sure. But I felt like that one had the most diversity in terms of not only like race and, and um, nationality and location, but it had even more so than I feel like the men. I feel like for the men, we all had like our favorites that we wanted, but I found the most similarity uh, in terms of who people wanted in the tag team. I was surprised by that. There was a lot of people that felt very strongly about three major tag teams, which were the Usos, LAX, and the Young Bucks. I feel like a lot of people right off the bat were like, yep, we're good with that. 
and um, Lucha Brothers. None of them were in my five. And that's so funny, right? So, like, there were so many people chiming in at first about it. And I'm like, oh, cool. Everybody likes these four. That's very interesting. Blah, blah, blah. And then we got a couple people that were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I found that, the like, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, the one common occurrence I did notice is when we did the um, men's roster, like the singles, mm-hmm. the one main thing I picked up on was no one was using main roster stars from WWE. Like, we all had our NJPW, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor. You might get one from the main roster here and there, NXT. So all our WWE sales were coming from NXT. Like, we were all avoiding the main roster. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Um, you know, coming up with these these lists are never easy, right? Because so many people have difference in opinion. But much like the women's division, I feel like there's a lot to choose from. But also for the men specifically, you know, it's a great shout that you just gave. There wasn't a lot of main roster WWE talent. And I that I found very curious. And there was a lot of New Japan. There was a lot of impact in AEW and Indie. And I wonder why that is, you know? Because take the WWE creative out of it. There's still talent there. But why wouldn't you choose those individuals to be in your roster? So, like, it wasn't even in mine, like my picks, you know? Uh, So it's weird. (laughs) Because I think about it, I'm like, uh, the, the ones that I would pick would from the main roster would be like AJ Styles. That's a no question for me. He's one of the best in the world, you just know, in my opinion. But He wasn't on a single list. Yeah, not a single one that was in there. Correct. Wild, yeah, right? So, yeah. You, like, you've got AJ Styles. I would have probably, if I did, go with um, Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Yep. We had a lot of shouts for NXT guys. Um, yeah. And a couple, a couple of shouts... Yep, Gargano, Adam Cole, um, Bebe. Bebe, and uh, even, but yep, Bobby Fish, and Alistair Black, even though he's on main card, I still feel like is very much NXT. Just to me, I yeah. see him, and I'm just like... He didn't get a lot of shouts either, though. He got, like, a few, but not a lot. Yeah. The same Weird. with Ricochet. Yep. I didn't yep. see hardly any Rico, either. Nope. We had a lot. Like looking, I'm looking at it now, just kind of going over it as we're as we're chatting. You know, we had uh, shouts for Omega. Omega, like, was across the board. I feel like pretty much. Um, we had shouts for Osprey. We had shouts for, let's see, uh, Sammy Johnny. Callahan, Okada, Johnny Rest, Johnny Hennigan, whatever his name is. He got a few shouts. That's surprising. Yeah. Me. me too. Killer Cross, Ibushi, Jay White. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a couple people. He was on one list, though, AJ Styles. I just found it on one person's list. Bro had him on. Um, but it's just fascinating. Like, it's who we like, but I feel like it was also a larger conversation on the world of wrestling as a whole that we're choosing people from so many different avenues of wrestling, you know? We had deathmatch guys. We had high flyers. We had strong style wrestlers. We had like slash British wrestling. We had Japanese style wrestling. We had baby faces and heels. We had like, I feel a well-rounded 
shout for a lot of folks in men, women, and tag teams. And I found that to be quite interesting. So for a while, a few people I was thinking, oh, this is going to be like really heavy WWE, or this is going to be really heavy New Japan. But actually, I don't think it was at all. Mm. Well, actually, I was surprised, especially with some of my picks, because I mainly watch WWE. I don't, I've tried to get into NJPW, but it's not that I don't like it. It's more I don't, because I've never watched it, because obviously limited access in Australia, sure. I have to obviously stream it off the website. I don't understand it, because I've only really just started watching the G1 tournament. I haven't watched anything other than what's on YouTube, like mm-hmm. with the Bullet Club specials and Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, and that was interesting too because y'all, as a whole, such a wide fan base. You know the pro- the promotions that we all watch. Uh, some were similar, but some were very different. You know, mm. that yeah. I thought was really cool. And we had very experienced people in WWE and very experienced people in New Japan, and some dabbled in the other and some didn't. So that I found very fascinating that we could have. So many different perspectives from seven different people, you know, in full disclosure, right? It's all guys. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I was the only girl. So, you know, maybe season two, I'll try to pull in some ladies, but it was just a different fan base experience that I was surprised about. I thought for sure we were going to have some fights and we really didn't like to your point about, um, you know, the, the debate between uh, UBJ and Jay about intergender wrestling. <laughs> like y'all went for it 100%, but I thought it was very respectful. You both heard each other out. And at the end you were like, I feel like we're not going to agree. So we'll just agree to disagree and call it a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could have gone on for days, but I thought I've got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, it feels like if I, go to work without ending this i'm going to come back and keep going and everyone else is going to have four different conversations since then it's going to make me look like i'm rehashing it i'm just like as much fun as that'd be it's just i thought you know what screw it let's do the respectful thing let's agree to disagree right and and i felt that was a theme throughout the entire seven days wouldn't you agree mike yeah i mean there was there was some moments where it could have gotten really, really interesting. And it was personality started to flare up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't bad, but it was interesting. Like, um, at the beginning, you know, I was, I was the, the, the spitball guy. I was throwing out a bunch of different topics to see which one people would buy it on because I wanted to get going because I wanted to like really just go right into it. And then people would, but we'd all latch on to one. But then the cool part about it is people would go into like little subplots of that main topic. And then a whole different conversation would come. Then I could, you know, I'd sit back and be like, oh, that's cool. I mean, um, having Bro in there was really cool because he actually works in the industry. So, you know, sure. I, got to, I got to ask him some questions. That I wasn't sure about, but now I'm like, ah, so that does happen. You know, like the the black ball question, like, do you guys talk about people who were a-holes? And does <laughs> it make it hard to book? And do, do you guys like, you know, we're not going to book this jerk. And when he said, yeah, that happens, I was like, oh, really? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a very honest, upfront kind of guy. You know, he he works in the business. He he, you know, explains some things too that that I thought was nice in our DM about you know kind of how the business works, and he brought a unique perspective to our roster conversation as well, being that you know he's in it. <laughs> He works for Paradigm Pro Wrestling. They're amazing, by the way. If you haven't checked them out, do so. Powerslam.tv and other places. Um, you know, a little shameless plug for that. But I, it could have got. There was a couple points. The intergender thing, for example, uh, Jim Cornette conversations. Oh, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that we talked about that could have gone poorly, and I'm very proud to say that it didn't. And with so much negativity in the Twitterverse, you know, y'all see it. Y'all are there, too. It, it's a lot. But to have seven people come in and have a free-flowing conversation over this time period, I'm very proud to say that for the most part, 98.9% of it was respectful and I'd say the other little tiny part was trying to be a little controversial slash trying to be funny. And it wasn't like meant to hurt anybody. I don't think at least that's how I picked it up. I'm not sure how you feel about that BJ or Mike, but that's kind of how it came off to me. Yeah. I don't think anyone actually got offended in that. I think as mm-hmm. you, to your point, we were all in those controversial moments, respectful. I mean, we did cover a wide variety a wide variety of topics from Donald Trump to the LGBTQ community. We covered up gun control, Jim Cornette, as he said, which I brought the Jim Cornette one up and I thought, oh, here we go. I intentionally threw that one out there. I thought, like, he's thrown some controversial lines out himself and I thought, this is going to spark some stuff. Everyone's going to start begging on Jim Cornette. But there were... It was had supporters. Were, yeah. I was surprised to see he has supporters and they were justifying. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting into this. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing too about those, a lot of people that were, I'd say, I wouldn't say defending because that's not the right term. Cause I feel like they don't feel some of the things that he said is acceptable, but I think they can respect the work that he has done in the wrestling community. Yeah. Uh, This is not me, by the way. I think he's a trash human, but that's just me. So, um, well, listen, I'm just going to say it how it is. He doesn't scare me or frighten me. No, thank you. Um, But, you know, I can respect other people's opinion on it. I'm not going to jump down your throat because you feel a certain type of way that that's on you. And that's cool. And you do what you want to do that. That's what I liked about this DM. It was this is my opinion. This is how I feel about it. Here's why. You know, no one was just like, I support 100% and this is why. Like, w- without saying this is why. You know what I mean? And there wasn't yeah. even really anybody who supported 100%. I think just people had a different perspective on him from his uh, past work in the wrestling business, right? So um, that, I thought, was a very well done uh, debate. Even though he is so controversial, and for some of us in here are very like anti that whole narrative, um, I thought it went very well, it, it, as best as it could be for seven total complete strangers. So, for me, I thought that was potentially the most 
explosive of all the mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. Once it started going, I was like, ooh, this is fixing to get good. But everyone kept it in, you know, and, and it was really one of those where you could tell that people were starting to get a little edgy about it. Sure, sure. And it was like, ooh, there's, there's people starting to get in their feelings about it. But, you know, everyone kept it composed, but you could tell. You, you, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, you wouldn't read it. You could tell that there was a spark going about it. You could, you sure. could tell it was the, the pro and the anti. They made like they were more for him than against him. And then there was other people like you know what, mm-mm. just mm-mm. yeah. And and definitely you can tell oh, the way someone writes something or phrases something like how they might go off on it in a different way in a different context. But you know, we still managed to work through that peaceably. And that was I guess the point I was trying to make that even though we had that little. Yeah. Like, oh, I could I could really go in, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it ended up working out quite well. What did you think, BJ? Yeah, no, it, as we've said so many times, we were all respectful. We that um, Jim Cornette conversation, that's the first one that really set the tone and got the controversial topics going. Yeah. Once that one was thrown out there, we were a lot more open to bring the most random topics up other than good morning who wants to have paninis for breakfast but we started talking about random food and favorite pizzas we talked about the most controversial one does pineapple go on pizza and i'm just like oh god no of course it does oh god no yes what do you mean (laughs) what do you mean oh god no (laughs) pineapple goes on burgers what? Yeah, I mean it does, but like pineapple goes on hamburgers. Yeah, dude, you never yeah. had a grilled pineapple on your hamburger? What planet am I on right now? <laughs> it is an Australian. Like for me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of pineapple. Like, I'll drink pineapple juice. I'll. It. It's not for me so much, but pineapples in Australia, we have what's known as. Like, I work at KFC. We used to have a works burger, which pineapple would go on that, but a traditional Australian burger will be, like, beef, um, pineapple, cheese, lettuce, throw on some beetroot. And, and it's got a wide variety of flavors. But, no, like, I mean, it comes on, like, with Domino's, you've got your Hawaiian pizza, but it's... I don't like pineapple on pizza. I really well, don't. I don't know what to tell you about that, but <laughs> pineapple uh, Hawaiian pizza is so good. You know, and and on the burger too, when you have like, um, not that this is the B and all of burgers, but like Red Robin has one that has just the most delicious pineapple and burger combination, and. Um, it's that sweet and salty combination, you know, that sweet fruit with the saltiness and the, the meat taste. It's awesome. That's why it works so well on pizza when you have a ham. No, just me. Okay. Bacon goes on a hamburger. Bacon. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So it Not feels really. Bacon. <laughs> it's interesting the difference between um the U.S. and Australia because. Like, you guys call it hamburgers. We just call it beef burgers. 
beef burgers. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, hamburgers. It's kind of funny because you think it's ham, but it's it's not. <laughs> it's yeah. beef patties. Yeah, I know. This is kind of strange. Um, but I guess we'll 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 have to agree to disagree about pineapple yeah. voice. <laughs> It's, well, it's it's kind of funny that we we had this discussion because I kind of kind of have a little bit of a confession to make to uh-oh. DJ. I was completely prodding you on the iconics just because I was getting such a kick out of your reaction. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I was I was intentionally being over dramatic about it. I'm just like, you know, let's have some, let's be like a two-year-old throwing a tantrum here oh, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I laughed it that whole conversation yeah it, I thought it helped screw that, this let's it take helped this into watching, the real world I, it helped that I was watching Josh's thing when they were on there oh, God. And, when they, and when they went out first it, I had to swore his puppy died poor Josh he, he was had this I mean, the second that three hit you could see he was like Oh, and no, poor Josh. Yeah, like, I'm done. Robert, I'm done. <laughs> just, well, big, big shout out to Josh. Sorry, pal. We love you, Josh. We love you, Josh. Um, but you know, I'm even in that moment, love. we had a lot of lighthearted fun too. It wasn't all like serious, crazy conversations. We really kind of just had a, a good time. We talked about you know taking shots together, drinking, and. Look- and- ever look at pig genitalia the same again no i'm not happy about that i got a bone to pick with you bj about that i'm not happy (laughs) (laughs) this man with his freaking gifts i'm like bro i can't you gotta stop (laughs) so gross i I literally just googled big balls like expecting to find gym balls that you use for yoga and suddenly that comes up, and I'm just like, this is too good. To see a pig with balls that's bigger than the pig itself, I'm just like, this is too good. Too much. It's too much. The scary part is <laughs> you found a sidekick. You and Shane jumped on the old pig train, mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, God. And then we just went pepper pig, and I'm just like, there's a gift or a what do you call it, memes going around Australia, the, um, our local supermarket, which you might have seen on my Twitter feed a couple of weeks ago, doing um, the Tim Tam Slam adventure. We've got the diced meat section. Um, someone took a photo of that and said, here's a 100-piece pepper Pig puzzle to put together. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that is hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. That was just wild. That whole thing was really strange, but funny at the same time. You know, there was a lot of a lot of good moments, but I really wanted to to ask y'all a couple kind of like rapid fire questions about a few things. Um, so we'll go Mike, then BJ, uh, each one as we go through. But firstly, I wanted to ask, what did you like best about the wrestling? real world season one experience perspectives it was very interesting to see the different perspectives mm. yeah i actually agree with that especially the difference in cultures like it's very 
similar the opinions over there, and I'm just like, it's so different here. Like even when we're talking about, for instance, the gun control, a mm-hmm. lot of opinions in Australia are just like, like we had a mass shooting, and I think it was '96 down in um, Tasmania, and when we put in the gun control, like we're still allowed guns here; they're still legal. You just have to go through a process to get one and get a permit and etc. Mm-hmm. Where, from what my understanding is, you can just go into a gun shop and buy a gun in America. So we still, to say, have the right to hold on. There's just a process to get it. And I'm just like, wouldn't this work better in America? And the way it's come across is our laws work fine the way they are. And I'm just like, and to me, it doesn't make sense because we've got the gun reforms in. And since that mass shooting, we haven't had a single one where the stats in America are off the charts compared to the rest of the world. And it seems like there's a, this, like these two are the first one, the ones that have just happened recently in El Paso and Chicago, I think it was. Uh, the first Dayton. two I've heard about all year. Ohio. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the first two I've heard about all year. But yet someone was saying it's the 150th and 151st. I'm like, that's insane. I'm just like, in a year and like we're only halfway through it and we're all looking at it going wouldn't gun reforms help and then you see all the tweets from americans and even in the group chat it's just like it's the way it is it's how it should be we have the right to bear arms i'm like i'm not disputing that but there's got to be a solution to lower the numbers yeah, you know, and without getting too political about it, you know, it's a very, it's a very controversial conversation again that we had in this DM, which was, it was very refreshing that even though there were people who are on complete opposite sides, that it didn't get into anything, um, you know, really too personal or really too heated, as it very well could, um, you know. We are we were not in the DM really talking about you know what recently happened in the U.S. in both El Paso and Dayton, Ohio, but um, it was good to see that at least uh, we were able to again be respectful about that conversation because everybody has very very different political opinions and and you know that's that's a hard thing to get along with sometimes. Um, so I'm definitely happy about that. But now let's talk about what you liked least. Cake balls. <laughs> BJ? Uh, I would have said the fact that I was, the, as you put it at the start of the show, the only international. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I feel so isolated. I'm just like, where are the even the Brits here or the UK people? I'm just like, I feel so outcasted. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but the people that uh, auditioned and said they wanted to join, you were the only international one. So, you know, for season <laughs> for season two, I'm hoping to get uh, some ladies, some guys, some more international blood. <laughs> That's what I want, because the, the more global we go, uh, the more diverse it gets. And that can only be a good thing, you know, in terms of per- perspective wise. Um, yeah. How it goes, if it's going to go as smooth, I don't know. But <laughs> it'll at least give us some more diversity. Um, 
next rapid fire question. What do you think, uh, in terms of advice that you would give for the next group of people that are going to enter into season two, which will come later this year? Go for it. Just don't hold back. Don't be afraid to start controversy. It was great fun. Absolutely. I mean, you just let it fly. Don't be afraid to throw any topic out there. And I mean, the more controversial, the better. It'll make for a great reunion show season two. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this one's pretty great so far. So uh, I agree. Uh, Would either of you do this again? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's fun, Uh, right? uh, It was a blast. And here's another quick confession um i would get up i had to be at work at 4 a.m every day of this entire thing and i would try to get up i mean because that's where i would my random messages early would pop in just for you sir mr australian guy (laughs) (laughs) so that way that way you would feel like you know I wanted to interact with, with people as much as I could just to get different perspectives. And I remember when I'd pop in at four o'clock and start something and then come back on my first break and you and two other people were going at it already. I'm like, Hey, and away we go. <laughs> Good yeah. morning. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I was in a similar boat to you. So not as early as four, I'd used to start at about six thirty in the morning. So I'd have to get up at usually around five, five thirty to go to work. But yeah, just so I could interact with people. It didn't bother me that I was up that late. Um, so I got up that early, I should say. So I'd stay up till three in the morning just talking to you guys because I'm like, this oh is too goodness. entertaining to go to sleep. I know, right? Jeez, look at the dedication, people. That's why I oh, love yeah. it. This um, was this a couple first time. Oh, yeah. Sorry about I used to do the night shifts where I wouldn't start till one in the afternoon, but and because I started at um, one in the afternoon, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do the close shift, get home at 10 o'clock at night. And then um, I booked a podcast with Mags to go on his Badlands show. And just out of the blue, my manager started changing all my closes to open shifts. So suddenly I've gone on Badlands. I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm too dedicated to this. This is too much fun. So I started the um, podcast with him at midnight. And we didn't finish till about 2.30 in the morning because we did pod, um, his other podcast back-to-back. And I had to be at work at 6.30. And I, once I finished the conversation with him and we went our separate ways, I didn't end up going to bed till 3.30 that morning. I'm just like, I'm having, I was too hyped up. It was great fun. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. And as we're closing out here, the real, the real question I want to ask you is what do you think you learned from this experience seven days in a group dm on twitter with total strangers what did you learn mike that even though there's different age nationalities sexual orientations at the core we were all passionate fans of this wacky thing we called wrestling and it's amazing how some choreographed fake but fun thing to watch can bring all these people together with all these different opinions 
but have a baseline of of this is something we all agree on. This is something we love. This is something we're passionate about. And you can build friendships off of that. For sure. BJ? Yeah. Um, it was amazing to see that, as to you put it, we all have a wide variety of interests when it comes to the wrestling. But the fact that we can have a difference of opinion and still res- be so respectful of everyone else is that, oh, this is my opinion, I'm right, you're wrong. Like There was no one like that in there. And it was really reassuring that we're all just as mature as everyone else. Yeah, I like that too. And, uh, you know, it was kind of fun for me as we were closing out the experiment, um, you know, and I was saying thank you to you guys and I asked you to fill out this little form so I could get some feedback, you know, for me um, for coming up for season two, which I'm going to ask you about in a second. But it was really kind of heartwarming to me that everyone was like, oh, it's done. Like, it's over. Why? <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. Well, that, that makes me feel good. You know, makes me feel like we, we formed some some Twitter friendships. We formed some um, some bonds and from wrestling and, you know, a little more personal. Like, you know, I got to know you guys a little bit more on a, on a personal level. And that was really cool. Um, but I really enjoyed that it was like no one wanted it to be over so that i thought was really cool. yeah 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 it was getting really great and we're having so much fun and just completely out of the blue it felt queen you just like all right second last day i'm like wait what i don't want this <laughs> right. to end right I'm like, it's getting really really good now i mean it got to the point where there was something that i thought was really really cool that happened just recently and um, we were consoling our our Australian friend. He's like, I'm stuck at this thing, and I'm miserable. Like, oh, dude, that sucks. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, and it wasn't anything wrestling related. It was like friends feeling, you know, genuinely sympathy because this our friend is stuck in this miserable situation, <laughs> and I genuinely felt bad for him. I'm like, oh god, that's gotta suck. Right. Oh, the high school reunion for me. Yeah, yesterday wasn't it? Yeah. So to put some context in that, um, I went back to my local high school. So the first time I've been to school in over ten years. Obviously not the school that I went to, but we went and did a careers day, and I went and represented um, my work. I actually had lots of fun. I I got paid to sit there. I talked to kids. What was exhausting is I started at eight in the morning, finished at um, three o'clock. And then I went straight to work and worked till 10 o'clock last night. Just like, oh, I got home and I'm just, I I went by Macca's on the way home to get food because I'm just like, I can't cook. I can't. I just need something quick and easy. I just want to go to bed. Just like, and I got home like, oh yeah, that's right. I've got Queen in the morning. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm just like, I better, I better send her a message, make sure we're still on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. So the last question I'm going to ask you is, what would you say I should do in season two that you would like to see happen that maybe either didn't happen in season one or sort of happened in season one, but want to see it grow? Mike, what do you think? I... I think that you should 
kind of try and, and, and go for like a lot more diversity instead of just a testosterone fest. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, I would love to see see uh, some ladies in there and see what their views on it. I mean, because I'm sure they had some different views of than a lot of the stuff we had, and to get that perspective from them. As well as some, I mean, just other than that, it was fun. But I'd love to see like a couple of, I mean, because I guarantee you they wouldn't back down, and it would be, I, I would want to see that DM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love that. Thanks, Mike. What do you think, BJ? Um, so the one thing I thought of was like for me, I don't know the layout of the real world, well, because obviously, as I said before, I've never seen it. I thought, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be interesting if it had a sort of survivor or big brother feel to it where you had eliminations and then you had an ultimate winner and you made it a real contest out of it oh that could be interesting and then for instance everyone in the group chat would send you an individual dm to say who they'd nominate and then you'd put on twitter the two people up with the most nominations and then you'd let twitter vote who go out or you'd whatever it might be you'd or a day later, you say, all right, these two people are up for nominations. Then the whole group chat messages you individually again and say, right, these are your two people up. Who do you want to see eliminated? Mm, that's Somebody fun. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> or maybe you throw out a challenge in there like they do in um, Big Brother or Survivor and they have to come up with it and for whatever it might be and then they have a rewards thing or something along those lines make it a real reality show on twitter sort of thing well th- i mean was, that's definitely an idea yeah that's what that's what i thought would be really cool to see happen because i'm always trying to think of different concepts that haven't sure. been done but there's so much great stuff out there like there's this there's josh with his um creator's content competition that he's been doing right and I'm yep. just like, that is fantastic it is i'm gonna really go to win <laughs> good luck oh, bruh no. oh uh, <laughs> good luck but you know i got a wild card <laughs> i got a wild card in that people weren't paying attention oh, oh I, the... I, I was paying attention <laughs> i've got the biggest challenge coming up so i'm going up against Jess, who was the winner of the Royal Rumble. I'm like, oh, no. I know, right? Uh, Josh, I have a bone to pick with you, and I'm saying this publicly on Queen's Court, that how dare you, how dare you put me against... You lost it in the first round. Yes. Uh, Listen, he put me against JPQ, and I'm not happy about it. Oh, I saw that. I popped. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. You don't mess with the Queen of Pub connection, honey. Whatever. I, I, that's, I, that's a story. <laughs> look, I have a feeling you you were like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> how dare you? I know. Well, that's a story for another time and another podcast. I love you, Josh, but you're on. You, I'm watching you. Ooh. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the DM. I really was like, let's just let them talk. I'm not going to censor anything unless I need to, right? Which is what I told you guys up front. I will mod if I have to. And if you're going to be a dick, I'll kick you out. And that's it. 
But, you know, I really was just really free flowing and was just like, y'all have a conversation about whatever you're going to talk about and let's see what happens. It was very interesting dynamics to watch and participate in. There was a lot of cool stuff that we ended up talking about. I'm definitely going to do a season two. I've gotten a lot of DMs and a lot of comments about people wanting to be on the next season. So that is really cool to see. I'm very happy about that. But, you know, y'all are always going to be the OGs. So this sets the precedent for what's to come next. And, you know, maybe BJ will have a little wrestling survivor and we'll see what happens. That could, that could happen here on Queens court. It could happen at brain Buster radio. You never know. Um, yeah. It could happen, but right now is your opportunity to tell everybody uh, where they can find you and all of the good information. And of course my heartfelt thank you for joining me for the season one wrestling real world reunion show. Mike, let them know. You can find me rummaging around the Twitterverse, reaching off of everyone else's good stuff and throwing in a gif or two about being ridiculous at Mike B Bebe. And yeah. Good times. <laughs> and BJ, what about you? All right, so I'm on Twitter at AussieLution. My YouTube's hashtag AussieLution. You can find me um, hosting the Mining for Mayhem podcast with my boy Seth. We do we record every Saturday, release every Monday. Where they're hosting the fantasy tag tournament. So if you haven't heard about it, go on my profile at AussieLution. Go vote on it. We're doing some great stuff down under. Um, we've got YouTube's where we're doing, where I'm doing a with my green screen. I'm doing a comedy review, so I'll review Raw and SmackDown, and I've given them comedy names and I'm making jokes about it. Like Raw's review was where I got a cup and a spoon, and I basically said, "Please stand for the ten tings of the bell." And we mourned the loss of the title <laughs> reign of the Iconics. Yeah, come find me at Aussie Lucian. Find my boy Seth. So hard in my life that I was at that. <laughs> so funny. Absolutely crazy. Um, but again, boys, thank you so much for coming on Queen's Court, holding this reunion show with me today. Y'all are awesome, and I appreciate your candor and your uh, your funniness. So... Uh, stay tuned for the next segment of Queen's Court where we're answering some questions. All right, everyone, it's time for the Queen's Courtier's Questions segment. I got a couple of really cool questions this week, so I want to thank everybody for sending those in. I appreciate you so much. So, from Mr. BJ, Aussie Lucian Blogs and Podcasts, he asks, what would it mean to you to see Rosemary end up in NXT, have a title run, and they debut on the main roster in a feud with Nikki Cross. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I could ever picture Rosemary in NXT, to be honest with you, but in a fantasy land, it would be really cool to see her show up in NXT and be really dominant and be the champion for a while. I think that would be really cool. And then I would love to see her feud with Nikki Cross. Crazy in one way versus crazy in another. The demon assassin versus the psycho NXT Nikki that I know and love would be really, really interesting. So thank you for the question. I appreciate it. 
Headlock Talk, my pals from every single Tuesday on Brain Buster Radio, they ask, which story was better and why? Okada Omega or Gargano Ciampa? I mean, this is a very spicy question. As I said on Twitter, I was a little like, ooh, this is a good one. This is making me think a little bit. Um, Which one was better and why? I mean, the heart behind each of them makes it hard to pick a solitary, like, ooh, this is the one. But if I had to pick one more than the other, it would be Omega Okada for me. The match quality, the saga, the way it ended, Kenny finally beating Okada, the commentary on on that match, especially the final two out of three falls. It was just something so special and near and dear to my heart that that one personally uh, will win for me because those are two of the best wrestlers in the world. And that's not to take anything away from Ciampa and Gargano. They're wonderful. And that feud was crazy and had an enormous amount of heat. And Ciampa is one of the best heels in our modern era of wrestling. I hold a really special place for him in my heart. I really, really, really like the guy. But, um, you know, Gargano is great too. I just don't feel like he has the same storytelling ability as Kenny and Okada do. It just isn't on the same Uh, level at the end of the day, at least to me. So because of how emotionally invested I got in Kenny Okada, that's the one that will win for me. So thank you, Headlock Talk. That's a great question. Okay, so the next question is from my pal Tiff. Yay! Tiff at Loves to Dream 82, of course, from Deadass Podcast and All Elite Pod. She asks, dream match that you could do commentary for. Oh my God. Well, I'm not really good at commentary. I'm more of an analysis chick. I would be like the kickoff show panel or something. But if I was to enter into the commentary realm, I probably would want to call a New Japan match or a Young Bucks match. So um, maybe I could call Young, Young Bucks versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, a boy and his dinosaur. That would be really fun to do commentary for. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of stuff I would be really into or something really emotional and like deep, like a Kenny Okada part 17. <laughs> Not really 17, but you know what I mean. That would be really, really fun. So thank you, Tiff, for the questions. And that is going to do it for the Queen's Courtier's questions segment on this week's episode. Well, that will bring us to a close here of this episode, but quickly, I want to give my jester and crown of the week. So my jester of the week, (laughs) my jester of the week is going to go to the fact that the G1 is over. I'm so sad, you guys, but I'm very, very happy with the winner. I Felt from the beginning Kota was going to win, and I'm so glad that he did, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Kota versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, on to the crown of the week. Yes, queen! (laughs) Yes, the crown of the week. And that is going to go to The Fiend's debut at SummerSlam. The actual full debut of The Fiend, not these little pop-in moments and not the Firefly Funhouse, but the actual physical music and entrance and reappearance of Bray in a totally different way. The entire thing, top to bottom, was one of the sexiest, most amazing entrances combined with music that I've seen in a really long time. So he gets the crown of the week. 
And that, my friends, will do it for episode 21, The Wrestling Real World Reunion. I thank you so much for listening. And as always, have a wonderful rest of your day and please be kind to one another. Thank you.